0: The date is Friday, July 16th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. In this episode, we'll dip into the lore of the Dark Souls series of games, the meme culture surrounding it, and discuss what makes these games so difficult to play. It turns out there's always something that keeps the player coming back for more. So enjoy!
1: Um, From Soundstage 3 on the landmark uh, studio grounds in Rochester, New York, probably, you're listening to the only show on the internet encapsulating all things entertainment, it's Entertain This.
2: I I don't even feel like that deserves the, Entertain This. Well, you gave it to (laughs) me anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I got him. I got him. That's a weird cold open. We
1: got him. Thanks, well, it's hard to come up with something every week, and I'm maybe 10 minutes out from the nap that I was taking, so rudely interrupted by the fact that we're doing another show, it's Friday once again, ladies and gentlemen, and we do want to legitimately welcome you to our show. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As always, the three of us have treaded the many waters of both pop culture, media, and expression to bring you a topic to which we will discuss for the next mm-hmm. hour of your life, and we thank you for giving us that hour. Lend us your ear as Michael takes us on a venture. Michael, the mic is yours. Hi, I'm Michael. Nice hey. nice to meet any, anyone who's new here. Yeah, I'm... Uh,
0: Esau. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> How do we do this again? Yeah, I don't I know. I guess I'm Nick, if you want me
2: to be. Yeah, go ahead. Introduce yourselves. You're Nick. Who are you, mm-hmm. Alex?
1: Who are um, you? I name? am I am the Megazor, uh, mm. protector of the planet Gloopglarp <laughs> in the Xenopolis uh, sector. Uh, if anyone comes near that place, you're gonna get a real you're gonna get real talking to from my mom because she got it for me for my birthday.
2: Is this like the plot of like a Rick and Morty episode? Or this?
1: <laughs> no, Morty. this is on the fly, baby.
2: All right. Morty, well, no, anyways, I can talk. anyways. <laughs> hi, welcome everyone. Uh, we're uh, so I know last week, if you joined in, we talked about a video game, uh, but I considering we've been like inside for the last year and a half, uh, I've been playing a lot of video games and I've been playing video games for a much longer period of time than that. And so there was one that I realized that I had not talked about that. I felt that very much deserved it. Um, And it's a little bit of a callback to our first ever episode. Uh, So if you remember back to then, we covered a wonderful, wonderful game by the name of Bioshock. Uh And one of the biggest talking points of that entire episode was that Bioshock is an example of video games being art Uh, at all points throughout it. That there is this overarching theme, everything that we would expect from a piece of art in all mediums, Bioshock encompasses it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of wanted to dive back into that a little bit. But if there was like one video game that I wanted, that I would pick to demonstrate video games as art, while Bioshock would be like at the very near top of the list, it's not the one I would pick. Number one for me. The number one that I would pick is a little vidgy game by the name of Dark Souls.
0: Hmm. hmm
2: Explain now, yourself, because I haven't played this game. <laughs> okay. So, Alex, have you ever played Dark
1: Souls? I'll be honest. I am terrified right now that we've already done an episode on this, but I don't think that we have. It's just gotten to that point in running this show where everything's starting to blend together. We've uh, not covered Dark Souls. That being said still if if we had talked about it i haven't played it
2: <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> no i'm sure that as we start talking about this you're gonna start to realize like oh okay we have not talked about this yeah uh, we may have talked a little bit about one of the other games in like a quick this or something so when i say like the other games i mean like any of the games made by uh the studio who makes the makes them um mm-hmm. bloodborne so yeah yeah yeah. so it's like demon souls dark souls 1 2 and 3 bloodborne uh another game that more recently came out named sekiro uh and then there's another game actually coming out here within the next few years that is one of the most hyped video games of all time uh similarly (laughs) hyped to the same levels as like cyberpunk
1: minecraft 2 No, (laughs) and (laughs) hopefully before,
2: (laughs) hopefully like with the history that uh, the studio has, um, they'll be able to create an incredible experience that lives up to the hype. Uh, It's going to be a video game called Elden Ring, uh, one that I'm sure some of you have heard of. But one of the biggest factors of this is that uh, not only is it from the game from the video game creators of Dark Souls, but the store and the lore of the video game has actually been written by one George R.R. R. Martin of Game of Thrones fans. The
1: Star Wars...
2: Nope. Nope, not the Star Wars guy. That's
1: no. the
0: Game, game of Loans. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, I was just
1: kidding. It was just <laughs> a Lones, joke. That's the- I know I know that that's the guy who wrote the book <laughs> yeah. about his turtles. I know it.
0: We get there. We get there.
2: <laughs> All right. So, so neither of you guys have ever played any of those games. So... Never played Bloodborne, well, Dark Souls, well, Demon Souls, Sekiro. There's an there was an aster, asterisk to uh,
0: to the no because I have played it briefly at somebody else's house, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> it was probably a Dark Souls game. And I remember it being really, really, really difficult mm-hmm. to play. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like not not like the functionality because the controls worked fine. It was just like obviously user error and coupled with the game being, you know. Difficult to com- complete objectives. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, Michael, but- I played this game at your house you with did. you because there you, you and I made a monster. He was terrifying to look at. Bright As I blue. do in all of them, mm-hmm. he looked like a Smurf with some sort of an STD that had overtaken him <laughs> uh, from the from the middle outward, uh, and he he was terrifying to look at barely human i would argue and maybe the true monster of the game (laughs) (laughs)
2: nick nick if you want for the show notes i can provide you screenshots of all of my created characters i I appreciate that i
1: would i would like that as well
2: (laughs) i already have an an album ready to go so (laughs) there you go i like that i like that
1: um but anyways like so
2: nick you kind of touched on one of the biggest things that dark souls is known for it's known for being difficult yep uh like There's this whole meme in like video games as a whole of like when something is difficult in any way, it's like like Dark Souls. Uh, Mm -hmm. So like there's there's the whole thing of like, oh, this game is the Dark Souls of blank. Like I've seen that been used (laughs) for everything here in between, like the most one of the most ridiculous ones being like when the Crash Bandicoot uh, like remakes came out (laughs) they were called the dark souls and this is by like ign like they were called the dark souls of platformers
0: okay yeah i could
2: see that yeah and like they were hard games
0: back then too i mean that's not so i mean yeah
2: yeah yeah but like it's it's the whole meme of like anything being hard is dark souls it is the dark souls version like and i've seen even more ridiculous ones like pokemon go is the dark souls of mobile games and things like that. It's, it's just at this point, it's more for the joke than anything else.
1: May (laughs) I take us on a brief aside? Yeah.
2: It's a dubious Um, claim.
1: This has nothing to do with dark souls, but something to do with crash bandicoot. So I'm going to wedge it in there and make it fit (laughs) for the, for the reason of entertainment for our audience. Um, I don't know if it was just because the nineties were rough or if it was because web or game developers kind of thought that they would only have an adult market, but I seem to remember all of the end game screens on all the PlayStation games just being the worst, most terrifying things in the world. <laughs> um, one of those examples was there was a Rugrats game where the end screen was Dill Pickles crying, and mm-hmm. the crying, the volume of the crying was like upped by like five from the rest of the game so you turn the game up and you'd be like jamming to the music and you'd be like you know how like the Rugrats sounded and then suddenly it'd be an end game and then your ears would like bleed from the sound of this baby crying (laughs) to the point where if I knew I was about to lose I would run into the bathroom and lock the door and then I would listen to the screaming and crying through the door um I need to see a therapist. But the <laughs> second so one, but the second one was I remember distinctly the end screen for Crash Bandicoot was the evil version of the mask that helps you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Aku Aku. That one? Yeah. Aku Aku. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, he had an evil mask. And when you got the end screen, they like backlit him red. And you would just hear like. And he would just be like staring at you. It'd be like game over. And that also gave me nightmares. So shout out to you guys. You're probably in your 60s now because that's people age and you're probably old. You probably don't remember. But guess what? You scarred a generation. You son of a bitch. Let's keep going.
0: All right. I wasn't really scarred, but whatever. Continue.
1: We're still (laughs) trying to figure out if you have flesh inside of you and not robo parts. I I can open
2: my mouth. You want to see my mouth?
1: No, because you can fake that. anything anything that
2: you show us over the internet can be faked (laughs) (laughs) deep faked (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) but anyways back to dark souls so it's a pretty it's it's always like a bold claim to like say that like something is a form of art like especially something that like has been part of a much larger debate for a very long time like do our video games as a whole are can they be art uh, I mean, I think we pretty much debunked that in the BioShock episode. Yes, video games can be art. Uh, but Dark Souls is art in a much different way, I would say. Uh, so let's cover a little bit of my thinking into that. So if there was any kind of game, just from my initial thinking, where if I had to like give it to like my old AP literature, teacher in high school like dark souls would be the one that i'd want to give because i know Hmm. that upon giving them that game them playing through it they would ask me for like a 50 to 100 page book report over the story because everything about the story of dark souls is ambiguous it's meant to be up for you as the the player to figure out for your own and come up with your own version of it um it does this through a very mysterious way Um, very, very little of the game is of the game stories ever actually directly explained to you. Um, really the only part that takes prominent time to explain what's going on is the actual intro to the story. Uh, basically to cover very quickly what happens is the world exists in this in this period of time known as the the age of ancients, where the world is covered by a thick fog. There are giant arch trees sprouting from the ground. There are large gray crags uh, covering the earth. And the only really prominent beings are uh, old ancient dragons. Uh, However, at some point, uh, fire was found. This fire brought polarity to the world. What I mean by that is there's now this concept of hot and cold. There is dark and light. Uh, And through that, uh, human beings came about. They captured this fire and harnessed it within their souls to become much more than what they currently are. Uh, They captured this concept of a lord soul. Uh, This lord soul is something that they plucked from the fire and consumed to the point where there are now four lords. There is Gwyn, the... uh, there's the general like kind of God of things. There is Nido, the God of death. Uh, there is, I think, Isolith, the goddess of chaos or the witch of the witch of Izalith, uh, the goddess of chaos. And there's this one that is not given a name for his age has been lost to the centuries uh, known as the furtive pygmy. He is kind of the predecessor of every, uh, every human throughout the entire game. Everyone else is known as a God. Um, Flash cut to an asylum. You are but a lone shriveled human being, an undead, wasting away until the end of the world uh, inside of a jail cell, upon which a random person uh, drops a corpse into your cell. Whether it's by chance or by planning, uh, It happens to have the key to your cell on it. And from there, you take the key off the corpse, open your cell, and your journey begins. Um, Pretty much that is the only thing explained to you. (laughs) (laughs) Everything Everything else is just a journey to the end. You get to, like, certain points to give you, like, kind of goals. So, like, in the asylum, you come across the man who dropped the body into your jail cell, and he takes some time to explain to you, like, hey we don't know what's supposed to happen to the undead. Like you ourselves and every other human are known as the undead at this point. Um, we don't know what's supposed to happen to us, but there's a prophecy that an undead will escape the asylum, ring the bell of awakening in Lorderon, the land of the gods, and they will find out the destiny of the humans. Um, hmm. so apart from that, you now have a goal. Your job is to escape the asylum, beat the asylum demon that is guarding the way out uh, and go and ring the bell of awakening. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, Everything, (laughs) all the other story that's delivered to you in this game is done so through ambiguous means, whether it's through dialogue with other characters or whether it's through descriptions on the individual items that you pick up. Um, you the game is specifically laid out so that you have to come at it from a line of critical thinking. You have to have, be able to have abstract thought as you're moving through this entire world to be able to come up with your own conclusions about what's going on. Um, while there are definitely seeds of, um, major conflict and major story points, all of that is left up for you as the player to determine what happens. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So what what you're saying, from the first little couple snippets there, I was like, okay, you start out in a prison and then you escape. That's maybe sounds like oblivion uh-huh. a little uh-huh. bit. Maybe. Yeah. Um that's that's you know, that's tried and true. I was with you oh, there. Good. Like when you're
1: you- awake. <laughs> <laughs> that's <Yeah>. Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But pretty close, but yeah. yeah, I was with you with all the, like the, the gods and the dragons and stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, pretty solid fantasy game.
2: Right. Yeah. Like from, from first, from first glance, Dark Souls seems to be like very similar to like any other action fantasy RPG out there. Mm-hmm. You got gods and dragons and wizards and yeah, like some abstract, <laughs> some abstract world where things are weird and there's castles and swords and stuff. I'm uh, all for it. Yeah, like sure. That. But the delivery mechanisms are what make it different. While in a game like Skyrim, you are told what to do by various characters throughout the game and you dialogue. are oh, dialogue <laughs> all over and you're given large pieces of text where someone is telling you what is going on in the world. In this, you're encountering individual characters. And while they give you hints about what's going on, it's more so what's going on with them as a character. And you kind of have to fit that into the narrative of the world. And in order to get more context, you have to kind of dive deeper into the individual descriptions of the different items that you pick up, whether they be actually important items or not. Um, You can pick up a pebble and that pebble will give you a snippet of the lore. Um, A pebble? Yeah, it's very weird. enchanted? What's the deal with it? Nothing, it's just a pebble. But through that (laughs) pebble, it gives you a description that gives you a larger picture of the world around you.
0: You just pick it up and you're like
2: put it in your pocket for you (laughs) yeah and it's (laughs) it's it's through this whole idea of like everything being connected that dark souls kind of lives on um so you have like not only the actual items those are being connected to the lore in order to further describe the world around you Um, the individual mechanics of the game are connected to the lore so at the very beginning we describe our character he's an undead our character is undead they come back to life um, in not many video games is there ever really a description or a lore reason besides Bioshock, actually, that there is a reason for your character to come back to life after they die. Um, in Dark Souls, it is because humanity, uh, the undead are linked to the flame, the flame being a, a safe point where the human soul can regenerate and the body can form around it and you can continue your journey anew. Uh, mm. no,
1: I've uh, seen that meme. I, I yeah. love a game with a self explanation for respawn. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's you're a zombie, basically. Borderlands
1: has that yeah. same thing because you die and they're like, well, the story kind of keeps going. We just rebuild your body from the scattered atoms of your remains.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it's like you're punished by having to pay to have your body restored because everything's run by mega corporations.
1: Yeah. That's yeah.
2: the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is there a difference between undead and zombie? That's probably maybe a dumb question. There's but. not really. So kind of, yes, because there's all humans are undead at this point. Um, there's no such thing as kind of an un undead human. Uh, there is, however, a difference between a hollowed undead and a non hollowed undead. Hollowed essentially meaning that the body itself has lost a soul and Hollowing is kind of like a major it's a major overarching story theme that comes up throughout the entire game. Um, You the first enemies you encounter are simple undeads clothed in tattered rags that have gone hollow. They Mm. they like have their arms and head against the wall, beating their head into the wall with for no clear purpose. Um, It seems that they are basically feral all on no one's home exactly Uh, (laughs) it's kind of it's essentially just like a human soul operating on base instinct uh and that is it uh so even the first few enemies you encounter they don't even attack you however you can attack them and you gain a resource that you can use to eventually power yourself up this being
1: souls it's probably because the last part of the brain to go is the abdullah oblongata you know why (laughs)
0: Medulla it's because them alligators <laughs> don't have no
2: teeth or they
1: got no, all the teeth and no toothbrush
0: it's the lizard brain it's the yeah. smallest part of the brain that sits at the very base of the brainstem and that controls like all your basic functions like breathing and blinking and pooping
1: it's something like that but but the the real reason is they act like that um because they gotta
0: mm, okay anyway medulla oblongata. What a wonderful freeze.
1: <laughs> I'm stressing out our showrunner, and that joke was worth it. Oh, that's fine.
0: <laughs> I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna have to get you fact-checked on that. Let's you two,
1: on. you two have this, like, great honor that at any point you can be like, well, guys, I've had enough. I don't want to be on the show anymore. I don't want to <laughs> host it anymore. That's not an option for me, personally. I feel like I'm gonna die on this show, maybe even live. <laughs> but that being said... I will it, I probably it, won't make it better it. be live. It better probably, be live. I probably won't make it to the end of Entertain This because I will be asked politely to leave. I'll be the only host who is asked very politely uh, to no longer be a part and to step down from the show. And yeah. that'll be a, a humbling day. I can't wait.
2: You'll die. Yeah, if if you if you die while we're still doing this show, it better be on stream so we can turn it into content. There you go. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And then be undead and Mm -hmm. keep your soul so you can fight in dark souls. I want to be
1: hollowed, but you guys have to keep me on. So somebody remotely turns (laughs) on my camera every Wednesday. (laughs) And I'm just sitting here like.
0: (laughs) There's Alex. That's how it used to be. Just like that. Hi,
1: everyone. Welcome to Entertain This. I'm. (laughs) <laughs> i'm michael and i'm nick and somebody mute alex for the rest of the episode or we're not going to get anywhere yep <laughs> the cold
2: open is just the sound of your forehead banging against your desk <laughs> there
1: you
0: go
2: it's already there damn yep <laughs>
0: but uh, if so we could go back to like dialogue i mean yeah. how many people do you talk to that know everything about the world none like not a whole lot none who's going to sit there and be like Well, this world was fought for by the Nords and the Nords came down from the mountain.
1: You do that, (laughs) Nick. I don't know everything. Nick, you're totally an
0: NPC. You're You're an an NPC NPC in the video. (laughs) Ask me a quest dialogue option. Go ahead.
1: Okay. um, Who led the German forces in a World War II?
0: Uh, it depends on who you ask. Um, who actually led the forces on the ground? That's, uh, probably a company level or a squad unit level,
2: uh, decision. Um, yeah, I don't he's know how the NGC German army first year. Yep. <laughs> was organized well, the, at the, the time. NPC thing would be like, ah, <laughs> uh, the Germans <laughs> and give like a full history of the Germans so that we understand. <laughs> like, the history of the world. Well, we have to start with the Bavarian Republic.
0: The, <laughs> he's that Bavarian. doing that. Yeah. That's what he's doing. <laughs> but that's usually not how it goes. Usually, it's yeah. like, you talk to someone, you're like, hey, how's it going? How do you feel about politics? And they'll be like, uh, well, you know, politics are things. And that'd be the end of the conversation. So... Well, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be like,
2: there. the politics of this world are complicated and give an overview of each individual party. It's like... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you what... Um, protagonist energy looks like michael ask me how i'm doing nick <laughs> how are you protagonist doing this energy i want to fucking die i'm doing my best <laughs> out there but it's getting harder every day and i don't call my mom enough and i need to talk to her and i just don't it's, sometimes it's getting it's, really hard shh,
2: it's okay <laughs> yeah it sounds a lot like dark souls <laughs> yeah <laughs> segue back to things okay uh so as we were kind of going down, like the mechanics of the game are directly tied to the lore. And we kind of explored that a little bit with respawning, even like the ability to restore your own health is described in game, uh, at different save points. Uh, oh, and save points too, uh, save, there's different save points throughout the game. And these take the form of a ever burning bonfire. Um, Seems it is good. made up of a sword, uh, kind of shoved into the ground, uh, around a pile of bones and a fire burns around it. Uh, It can kind of be described. uh, It's not, and this is one of those things, you can kind of come up with your own explanation for this. For me, like, I think of it as the uh, ever-burning souls that have been used to create this bonfire. Uh, uh, It's kind of explained in that way because as you rest at it, you regain all of your health. And alongside Mm -hmm. of that, you get uh, full refills of what's called an Estus flask. An Estus Flask is your primary way of healing yourself. And one of the things that you kind of never really ask yourself as you're playing the game is like, oh, what's in my Estus Flask? Like, Uh, what is it?
1: (laughs) It's souls, right?
2: (laughs) Kind of. It's the actual flame. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's the actual flame itself that you have captured within this bottle. At various points, whenever you need it, you can take a sip and capture some of this Ever burning fire from these bon- from these safe points. These monsters. Why fires.
3: is it spicy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Some> spicy souls.
2: <laughs> um, but at any point, you can take a sip of it, and you feel all better. You feel all better. But are so every- running on souls is that right? Yep, essentially, you're using souls uh, as a for- as a primary means of upgrading yourself. It is like the currency in this game. Uh, So like in Skyrim, it's just experience. And this it is in a quantifiable number uh, that you have at the top left of your screen at all times. Um, One of the core mechanics is, is that at any point, if you die, you lose all souls that you have accumulated.
1: Uh, Like Sonic, but with mm -hmm. souls instead of rings. Except, except
2: (laughs) you have the ability to reclaim the souls that you lost sonic, what, can do that. sonic. <laughs> yeah. what you end up having to do is as you are respawned back at your last visited bonfire you have to make your trek back to wherever you died find your body and reclaim the souls off of your previous corpse
1: i think that's how minecraft works too
2: yeah basically <laughs> yeah you drop all your stuff <laughs> yep. essentially it's how minecraft works um do you drop but, your
0: stuff though too
2: no, you keep all of your things. You just lose all of the souls. So essentially, any progress that you had potentially made up to that point is lost until you can make your way back to there. Okay. Yeah. And that, that makes sense. in a lot of ways, describes kind of like the difficulty in the game. Like, because in a lot of ways, like the game does nothing to hold your hand. Uh, nothing is really ever taught to you. Uh, but, and you have to make your own inferences on the world around you to be prepared for it. Um, and it's the game is in and of itself. The major theme is all about overcoming challenges. Um, and it's also like with the persistence required to do that. If the game in and of itself is very difficult, it requires patience to relive these moments over and over again and to learn from your previous mistakes. Um, throughout, and that's a major, major theme uh, as we go throughout the entire world of Lordran, uh, and uncovering its different mysteries and killing its different beasts. Uh, You pick up nearly every single item off of a corpse Uh, at no point besides a few random chests throughout the world is anything that you find something just laying about Um, your entirety of your progress is built upon the previous people, the previous undead that attempted to escape to fulfill the prophecy that you were told about. Uh, It is a prophecy that has lived on for thousands and thousands of years. And you are now one of the very few undead uh, that can live and can kind of like gain greatness and accomplish this prophecy, but only doing so off of the backs of the previous people who attempted it. Um, Hmm. So like, essentially, you can think of all of your progress throughout this entire game as using the combination of skills and knowledge of all the previous people who attempted to make this prophecy
1: happen. Um, hmm. but yeah, I'm trying to think what Pretty are a mechan- big fan of that? yeah, it's- it gives me like this game gives me super big d and d vibes, oh like yeah. <laughs> way more than any game that like d and d is putting out, especially the mechanic of like regaining your healing ability after a long rest, mm-hmm. uh having like a long rest mechanic overall, but also it's very classic d and d for like somebody attempts this quest and they die halfway and then somebody else attempts it and they find the dead guy halfway and then they die and then you attempt the quest and then you find all of these dead bodies. But like in that case, usually it's like the same players who are playing the, so they're like, Oh, that's, that was me from like thousands of lives ago. Yeah. uh, Trying this again. But that's super neat that it's like, that was a guy who was trying to do the thing that I'm doing right now. Yep. And I'm doing better than him.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But you can only really do better than him based off of the previous experience that you had and through all the tools that you now have accumulated from your previous try.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Standing on the shoulders of giants. Mm -hmm. I know that.
2: (laughs) Well, it's more like it's not really standing on the shoulders of giants. It's more like standing on the shoulders of little Lego people, but they're stacked so high that you eventually reach the height of giants.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I like that. I can I can visualize that. It's easy for my little monkey brain. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Ten um, Lego men, very tall.
2: <laughs> yeah. And so there's, it's one of those stories where it's like kind of like I said, you can kind of walk away from it having your own interpretation based off of your own experience and whether, and based on like how deep you really want to dive into the lore that it gives you. Because it can definitely be like really tedious to figure out every little thing that's happening. Uh, that's why there's a whole community of people who try and research and figure out the like, quote unquote, canon lore to the games. And th- those videos receive like 20 to 30 million views on YouTube.
1: Um, it's That's very something... akin to like Fallout and the Fallout <laughs> series of games.
0: Yeah, for sure. Except um, this is more like it's not like all there. And I guess Fallout wasn't really either, but... You know like the base thing that happened in Fallout games, right? The yeah. Atomic Bomb fell, you know, things happened with after that.
1: Well, you but, know the base prophecy in this game. Yeah, which and is, the is like just the kind of happy to figure out. That's how it is in Fallout. Okay. Because you have to go to the like computers and find people's dead bodies and there find the notes on the dead bodies and Here, all here's, that here's the biggest
2: distinction that I would make between uh Fallout and Dark Souls in their storytelling. With Fallout most of the storytelling that you like, because you know the general premise of like this place is a wasteland. We know that it's a wasteland because of this, because, and we know that Mm. like this place in particular is like this because of these reasons and Mm -hmm. Fallout, the lore and discovery that process that you have is more so about individual stories that come together to make this entire place feel lived in. There you go. Uh, So like a good example would be, uh, I, if I remember, in fallout uh in fallout 3 i think there is a place that you can go to like one of the vaults which has been overgrown with like bio mutant plants Um, oh that was new vegas new vegas yeah yeah and throughout that essentially it's telling the story of this vault that was had these this horrible conditions because all the vaults are experiments and that grew into this monstrosity (laughs) spoilers yeah (laughs) Through Dark Souls, it's more so like, you know, nothing about the world besides what has been explained to you. And in order to find out more about the world as a whole, you have to experience either individual stories of the of the characters throughout it, or you have to manually read through uh, descriptions uh, on the various items and make the connections yourself to get the bigger picture.
1: Mm-hmm. So here's a question that might tee up conversation. Yeah. We know we know in Fallout where we are. We're mm-hmm. on Earth at a certain point after these events have occurred. Mm-hmm. Are we on Earth in Dark Souls or are no. we in another reality in a different world, like completely separate from our society?
2: Completely fantasy. It's a completely okay. fantasy world and dimension or however you want to describe it. Oh, okay. Um, so that kind of shoots down my fan theory. I thought
0: it was like Earth- way off in the future when everyone
2: is dead and their souls are dead it can be i mean there's nothing in the lore describing something like that but it can be yeah i mean it's like
0: three thousand three hundred BC, not bc ac yeah
2: what is it let's
0: say it's way in the future and everyone's know. dead pretty much the sun's <laughs> burned out it's a husk and then you got like their souls are still continuing on in the lives of the undead Yeah, and maybe. i don't know where the dragons and gods come from but um We'll get back to it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, and that's the thing. Not everything in this game is explained. It's purposefully set up to be ambiguous in a lot of aspects. So that way you as the player can put the pieces together yourself and form your own narrative. Uh, Granted, as you dive deeper and deeper, things become clearer and clearer. But even Mm -hmm. still to this day, there's major plot points that still aren't fully fleshed out and that people still disagree on because their experience is different and they have their own theories. Um, and that goes for all three of the Dark Souls games. Uh, and it's a purposeful intent by the developers, uh, to make it so that this journey is your own personal journey. Um, that's interesting. So the developers know the story,
0: but they're waiting for you, the player to figure out all the little points.
2: It's yeah. It's not just for you to figure it out, but for you to make your own connections so it's like, there's nothing really underlying that they are like trying to hint. I mean, there's like small things that are trying to like, hint at and like try and like push you towards. But at no point will any developer be like, yep, that's what we intended. It's just like, yeah, you, it, you can see it that way. are hmm. like, I see it this way. This has been not, like, but yeah, like your point of view is just as valid as mine. Um, and it's intentionally made that way. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, and so... Uh, A little bit more about the general themes of the game, though, is we talked a little bit about it, but persistence through hardships. Uh, Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit about the concept of hollowing, where it's essentially a soul that has lost its way. Um, And one of the beautiful things that Dark Souls is able to do is tell the story of the world through different meta narratives. Uh, Essentially what I mean by that, it's like small like little fourth wall breaking moments that are able to describe the world, uh, which it's a very hard concept to kind of imagine, but here, let me describe this for you. Uh, we kind of talked briefly a little bit earlier about how we are standing on the shoulders of little Lego people. We are succeeding <laughs> off of the failures of everyone who came before us. Um, sure.
1: the American dream, baby. yay! Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and push them down on the way up. Get out of
2: That's way. <laughs> only a single character. Only a single character really does that. Oh, Okay. <laughs> His name is Patches and he's a bitch. Um, <laughs>
1: he sounds cute. <laughs>
2: um, but I don't like Patches. So the a meta-narrative. Yeah. So you're encountering these different undead that have lost their way, that have essentially given up on life, have no purpose anymore. Uh, and they have turned into this feral creature that you must now defeat and gain its power from. The meta-narrative there is that... Those different hollows could be you because the whole idea of the game is that you can only progress if you keep playing and keep trying Mm -hmm. the head narrative there. The, the meta narrative is essentially that if you give up, if you, because this game is difficult and it tests you, if you give up at any of these challenges, you have now lost your way. You no longer have a purpose in this world. Your character even though the game is not booted up in your head is now a hollow.
0: Oh, Mm -hmm. I see. That's how the game keeps you coming back for more. It's, it's that thing. Like your character needs you pretty much.
2: Yeah. It's, it's one of those things as if you, as a person playing this game, give up at the challenges that it presents for you, your character inside of it now has no reason to continue on and they become the very same hollows that you've been fighting this whole time. Oh no! I and don't that's want that like to happen. Confirmed lore. That's just like the law of the. It's just, it's like the law of gravity, essentially for us. That is just what happens. Like that so is that you, is one.
1: Go ahead. So when you when you turn off the game, it goes hollow.
2: Essentially, like if you turn off the game and never return, the head there is that your character is now a hollow within the world of
1: Lordran. And then when you come back, are they like?
2: As long as you ever once come back, your character is not hollow. But it is when you give oh, up forever.
0: Alex, you are the soul. You mm-hmm. are the soul to this character. I get it. But yep. it's kind of yeah. like
1: Schrodinger's body. A little bit. <laughs> because if you if you think, well, maybe one day I'll get back to that game, then your character is stuck in a position, a superposition of being both hollow and not hollow until yeah. you boot up the game, forcing it to be not hollow.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. essentially Hmm. but as long as you boot up the game and you play that character again essentially in the lore of the world your character never went fully hollow and it can continue on to persist through the world because once you go hollow you never come back
1: you never get to swallow food (laughs) but the idea (laughs) being (laughs) that
2: the idea being that you have this persistence of hope Inside of yourself that you can one day overcome the challenges that the game has presented before you and it is through that hope that your character can remain an undead and not go hollow.
1: uh so what i've realized now is that i teed up perfectly at the beginning of the episode talking about the monstrosity that we made Mm -hmm. (laughs) the ugly ugly tall skinny boy who with who with had blue skin and was a terrible thing to look at and see and Mm -hmm. truly would give nightmares to any children from far villages of Mm -hmm. yore um He's a hollow because we made him and then laughed at him and now we're never going to play him again. Yep. And we did that for, dicks. F- for funsies. <laughs>
2: yep. <laughs> How could you? Yep, that's exactly <laughs> what we did.
1: Very easily we could. Mm-hmm. May I May I remind you? Yeah. So easily, in fact, I would do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: I've done it many a times.
1: <laughs> I will <laughs> <you're>, oh, <laughs> do it again.
2: You're fucking You made so many hollows. yeah i have i have but i will say in most of the cases especially within the last few years once i was able to figure out these games and really know how to tackle them i've been able to complete most of the playthroughs that i have attempted um and this goes for all of the different games uh, because the next thing that kind of emphasizes like dark souls is the challenge that it presents Uh, combat is something that's central to every action rpg that ever exists um Mm -hmm. If we take a look at like a typical action game, like, I don't know, Devil May Cry, like it's designed so that like when you press a button, it happens immediately and you feel what happens and it feels visceral and good. But one of the main places where Dark Souls really differs from most games is that like in compared to Devil May Cry, where it's like you press a button and say you make a mistake, you can press another button while the animation is happening to kind of cancel it out and do this other Mm -hmm. thing that you've now told it to do. With Dark Souls, the whole idea is you press a button. You have now signed a contract to fulfill <laughs> that action until it is fully complete, whether it was You're a good death. idea or not. <laughs> <laughs> so, and through that, it's even more emphasized because every single like attack sh- attack action in this game uh, has like a very long wind up time. Everything feels intentional, and you have to do things in an intentional manner in order to progress. And it's through this that the game presents a lot of challenges. The same rules that apply to you and that everything that you do, you must commit to and you must fully complete. Every enemy that you encounter also has to do the same thing. This leads to this trading narrative of combat where it's like you open yourself up to being hurt like and the other NPC or other player can try to take advantage of that if they're skilled enough to do so. Just as someone else can do that to you, you can do that to them. Uh, And Hmm. a lot of the challenge in this game is because you are failing over and over again and you are dying uh, and being sent back to these bonfires, you have to recognize the patterns within the world. Because once you go back to the bonfire, essentially the world is reset. Um, You have to transverse it in a way that helps you progress. And that kind of goes into this whole idea of like, Con- the, the main key to combat in these games is preparedness, whether that be like you are prepared to encounter new environments or whether you are can be better prepared for the bosses that you will encounter. Uh, so every single boss has different patterns, different attack actions, but not too many that it seems like they're just doing something new all the time. Like every boss will have either like two to three, two to four like main moves that they do at any point. And once you're able to recognize these different moves, you can bob and weave in and out of combat to take full advantage of the openings that they present. And it's through that pattern recognition that you are able to slowly learn the world around you, learn these individual characters, and be able to overcome them to eventually complete this prophecy. <clears> hmm.
0: <throat> okay. And so it, that's like that's like real life, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, very it's gonna, much so. If you have a big old long great sword, you have to. <laughs>
1: which i to, do mind you <laughs>
0: okay nice flex alex but then you, you gotta wind up you gotta put it behind your head and i'm mimicking this on the video yeah. feed and you gotta swing it down right where you're trying to hit and that takes like what three seconds even if you're skilled with a blade like i that? mean
2: yeah i mean this game like you can wield like 600 pound hammers and shit as long as your character's strong <laughs> enough to wield it then they <laughs> can use it but no matter what no matter how strong your character is it like, takes time. It takes time. Like it yeah. is going to take a like three or four seconds for your character to get that behind them, bring it over top of their head, and then bring it down. Like and it do is a full thing. Damage. You, <laughs> <yep>. The trade-off <laughs> being that you do a crap ton of damage, uh, and it's this risk and reward system. Um, yeah.
0: So how much of that is like, how much of this game is an RPG in the in the sense like, you can be a fast attack kind of sprinter guy, mm-hmm. or can you be a slow kind of tank? yes character. yeah yeah there's
2: you so you can either be um i mean there's like an infinite number of like builds that you can do mm-hmm. essentially at its core you have different statistics that you can that you can upgrade you use the souls that you've accumulated from the different creatures that you have killed the other undeads where you found souls upon their bodies um, you can use those to upgrade these individual attributes so you can upgrade like strength dexterity vitality which is like your hp um like resistance resilience uh are like intelligence because there's uh because you can cast spells um you can increase your i can't remember the actual name of the statistic but essentially your religion statistic where it furthers your ability to uh, perform miracles uh which the miracles in canon are not just like spells that you do they're literal stories from the gods that you essentially recite uh to perform the miracles presented in the story
1: um, that's that's one hell of a power. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> what's the deal with the Praise the Sun guy? Can you can you answer
2: that yeah. for me? His name is Solair. Is that
1: from this game? Yes. Yep.
2: Praise the Sun comes Praise from the sun. Dark Souls. Um <laughs> Praise the Sun. And it, specifically from a character known as solaire Uh after one of the first few bosses that you encounter, uh the toro demon, who bars your way from making from uh furthering yourself into uh the castles of Lordron. Um mm-hmm. He is standing facing a large, glorious sun overcompassing uh, clouds with tons and tons of like god rays coming down. And he's just standing above it. He's got like a crude arm, crude like plate armor with a like, <laughs> with a like, just kind of almost childish looking like sun with a face on it, like on his chest, <laughs> wielding a great, wielding a great sword and a shield. And he's just like, ah, oh, hello there. <laughs> and like his whole deal is that he worships the sun. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, he is the praise, the sun guy. His whole deal is that like you, um, he gives you the ability to perform jolly cooperation, uh, essentially the co-op mechanism where you can use a, use a stone to, um, to write your name on the ground and someone else in another world can see that and summon you to it. Uh, and in the same way, invaders can come uh, and try and, like, uh, hinder your progress. Uh, and to counteract that, you can summon uh, helpful people from other worlds to defeat them and further continue on. Um, so these are actual characters. this is an actual these are o- mechanism. The, yep. These are other players who uh, are coming through and through. And also, like, so generally to kind of explain that, um, there, Solaire also explains this to you, is that, like, the world uh, is kind of like time is like very strange. Uh, like they have heroes from all periods of times that are now showing up like in your world. And through that same thing, you can summon other heroes from other worlds. Uh, hmm. and there's multiple examples throughout this. Like, uh, before we talked about how like you have to ring the bell of awakening, uh, to pro- progress in the game. Um, there is a single there. Well, there's two bells. You find out it's not just one. There's two. Um, the first bell sits atop a cathedral that is very close to. This is some
1: national treasure bullshit. Oh yeah,
2: the first bell sits atop a cathedral that is very close to like the first like few stages of the game, um, and one of the cool things that happens is if you're connected to the internet, um, anytime someone else in another game rings that bell, you can hear it in your world. In any game in yeah like so if like someone else like if we're playing at the same time and if you were to ring the bell of awakening on top of this cathedral if i am like further down below and not there yet i can hear when you ring the bell
1: oh uh, so how is that bell not just like always ringing <laughs> it's <must laughs> it really it, hard to get yeah. to
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, i mean to be fair most people give up before they get here <laughs> a lot of people give up um so become hollows themselves uh but it's there's definitely been periods of time where like I've played the game and like as I'm running through the first few levels just every like three or four seconds it's going off oh my god yeah and it's it's like very subtle it's one of those things where like you'd only pick up on it if you're like really paying attention uh, oh but, so it's quiet yeah it's quiet Um okay. but,
1: you rang
2: the bell uh, many times oh, oh. <laughs> i'm doing can it you right just now? stand you up there and be about? like ring, bring, <laughs> bring, bring. No. <laughs> unfortunately no you can only <laughs> ring it once per playthrough um uh let's see makes yeah. sense so like kind of going back a little bit combat is meant to be hard it is meant to be challenging it is meant to be something that takes time to learn and overcome because it is through that you feel the story of being an undead you are a measly human In this world of giant creatures and gods uh, that you must overcome these impossible challenges and it is through that that you experience why all these other characters in the game have lost their purpose have given up and have become hollow and now it is your job to uh, use their accumulated skills and knowledge to overcome the very same challenges that they faced one other topic that I really I wanted to quickly discuss because we're kind of I think we're coming up to yeah we got a few more minutes. Um, the level design in this game is incredible. Um, I'm envisioning castles, lots of castles, but it's not necessarily the like environments that I'm talking about. It's the literal like level design. Uh, in most games, you kind of travel across like a flat plane. Where there's like some caves where you can kind of go and explore some sort of like verticality and everything. Um, mm-hmm. So instead of like this large horizontal space that you have to explore, Dark Souls is set up in a way that it's more so vertical spaces that are connected together. Um, the whole idea <laughs> is that upon leaving the asylum, you come to a single place called Firelink Shrine. This is where a lot, this is essentially like your home base. Like, all of the different NPCs that you encounter, like, at some point will probably end up here for you to be able to talk to them, be able to trade skills back and forth so you can learn new spells, miracles, new pyromancies, because you can throw fire and shit. Um, (laughs) Fireball. Yeah, basically. Um, (laughs) It's where they all conglomerate, and it's where you feel at home. It plays peaceful music the entire time, where, in contrast, throughout most of the game elsewhere, no music plays. Unless it's like a specific boss fight or something, it is meant to be isolating. You are meant to feel alone. And all you hear are the different enemies that you encounter throughout and your own footsteps. And that's it.
1: And uh, that goddamn bell.
2: It's off sense the distance. Yep. Uh, which is like, that's it, it was a very different concept that most games didn't really do. No, uh, until dark souls is, like all. one of those things like you go to like like mario for example like you go to dire dire docks in mario 64 and like throughout <laughs> the entire thing like you can hear the theme song throughout but just imagine if there was no theme song and it's just you in this giant lake with a sunken ship and the only time you ever heard music was like if terrifying music came about when the sea serpent came and attacked you <laughs> In Mario. Spooky scary. Spooky spooky. (laughs) The game feels (laughs) a lot more dire. And those those moments where you encounter something like that, they feel much more exciting and thrilling than what they would have before. Um (laughs) (laughs) that's a recipe for a little scare, as they say. (laughs) It's there's tons and tons of moments in the game that are like just straight up oh shit moments. (laughs) Like you are like going through tight corridors uh, and you come across like a big open area with no indicator for anything happening. All of a sudden there's a giant red... Giant red health bar at the bottom with the name of a boss and a giant dragon drops down and you're just like, oh, fuck.
1: <laughs> you're like walking down a corridor and you see a turn at the end and you're like, things are going strangely well. And then suddenly you hear like the solid snake like, a dragon just pops around the corner and you're like, hey, Chloe said she has
2: some fun facts. I would love to hear some.
1: Yeah. Our our. Intrepid showrunner and fact checker has returned temporarily from her hiatus she of bad. being on rehearsal, and she's come a swinging. She's got some fun facts for us, and I'd love to hear them. What's up, guys? What's up? Go back Ooh. out. Go back out and do the <laughs> intro. I didn't
3: think
2: you
0: wanted me to. <laughs> we Go want back the intro. Do we always the want the intro.
1: The <laughs>
2: like <a> Batman signal. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Hey,
1: thank you so much.
2: <laughs>
0: I didn't know who you were before. I'm sorry. <laughs>
3: right. We had to put that in I, there. I got you
0: now. I Just know who you are. Just so everybody knows. Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. Um, I have a couple fun facts, and then I have a question for you, Michael, that I feel like yeah. we can kind of wrap up the episode with. For sure. Um, since you guys were talking about, like, the... The design, the buildings and everything. Um, I wanted to share this little tidbit that the characters and the world of Dark Souls contain many philosophical and folkloric parallels among Greek mythology, Japanese mythology, French existentialism and the work of proto existentialist philosophers like Friedrich Nietzsche, who we love. Mm-hmm. Um, the game's presentation of a universe defined by the inevitable burning out of a flame and the tragic stories of the individuals in that meaningless world parallel ideas and schools of philosophy concerning existentialism, absurdity, meaninglessness, and the end of the universe. Also, also, some of the buildings were based <laughs> on real buildings, like the Chateau yeah. de Chambord in France and the Milan Cathedral in Italy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's super cute. Um, but I, I wanted to that. ask you. Yeah, do it. <laughs> about the ending because there's two yes. options you can mm-hmm. either link the flame to preserve the age of fire or you can let it die out to instigate the age of dark and i would just yes. love to hear more about that yeah that okay sounds bonkers. Uh, cool.
2: so I'll, I'll do some explaining on that uh first to you, so to catch up alex and nick a little bit so throughout this entire <laughs> game you learn little Those snippets that facts. the whole idea is that the undead have been beckoned to uh essentially rekindle the flame, the flame being the soul of Gwyn, the Lord of Fire, who originally, uh, who is essentially the god of everything in the lands. He sacrificed himself because the age of fire was waning, much like how the age of ancients was overtaken by the age of fire. Um, everything is about cycles. Everything begins and ends. And it, Gwyn, in his... Pride, essentially, to continue the age of fire, he gave up his own soul to uh, to be kindling to continue the fire Um, you uh, throughout your journeys and you are you're accumulating these souls to become more and more powerful. You get to the end. You actually have to fight Gwyn. You have to overcome him to uh, in order to claim the right to either rekindle the fire, continue the age of fire. Or you can choose to walk away uh, and usher in an age of darkness with no fire left behind. Um, So the whole idea there is that like everything is about cycles, Uh, just like how in real life, um, like civilizations come and go, no matter how strong or powerful they are. Uh, We look at like a good analogy would be like the Roman Empire. Roman Empire was like one of the strongest civilizations that the world has ever known, but yeah. But eventually, <laughs> it had to come to an end. As, no matter how much they tried to uh, lengthen its existence, at some point things had to go. Um, and <laughs> there <laughs> have been books written about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it is through this analogy that Dark Souls takes this idea of like you can either come in to Come in, defeat Gwyn and try and rekindle the flame, uh, further lengthening the cycle, or you can choose to walk away, ending this meaningless, restarting a new age uh, for things to begin again and again. Um, this time, though, the world is completely changed and you can and we don't know what to expect from it. Um, but what's yeah. next in the cycle then is there is there like it's a the wheel age, of rebirth? the age of dark we don't know what that means um it can mean just about anything but it's a world now without light uh without the light it of the gods
1: terrible
2: yeah that's that's <laughs> that existentialism why
1: really <laughs> would have, you ever do this
3: do you have the <laughs> same choices in the sequels
2: you have similar yeah you have very similar choices so each sequel to this game is essentially continuing on with the idea that uh Every undead that has come before has chosen to rekindle the fire, to link the flame, as it said in the game, to continue Mm. on this age. Uh, And as we go further and further into the games, uh, you can see the toll that that takes Uh, in the last game in Dark Souls three. The world is now misshapen, deformed. You have castles that are sprawling out from the sides of mountains is the the different ages of these different worlds have now come and essentially smashed together because the age in and of itself can't keep itself straight. It has gone on for too long and things have essentially become corrupted. Uh, hmm. And very much in this first Dark Souls, you have the choice at the very end of that, except you have one more. Um, you have the ability to rekindle the flame, to continue on in this essentially corrupted cycle. Uh, you have the ability to walk away and usher in an age of dark, Uh, Or there's a new ending where you can become the Lord of Hollows. Um, Essentially where you instead of not just walking away from the dark, allowing it to fade, you can harness the flame, use it as your own power to become essentially a king among the darkness to become essentially the new Lord Gwyn, uh, where you are at the very core, the person who uh, owns and rules over this age of dark. Hmm.
0: Wow, that's good. I got really deep really quick and I was mm-hmm. expecting that. Yeah,
1: I like that they took three games to be like, all right, what if we sweeten the pot a little bit? This time <laughs> yeah. will you let that flame die?
2: Yeah, here's, so- there's a third option. Yeah, so like the whole thing is basically like, like worlds get more and more corrupted. Timelines get more and more corrupted. The choices from those that come before you, despite them being of good intent, have corrupted and misshapen and malformed the world. Where in uh, the first Dark Souls game, you are an undead, you, uh, and you're trying to rekindle these flames. Now you are less than an undead in the third game. You are uh, unkindled ash. You are not even worthy of having a true soul. Uh, you are Oof. a remnant of a bygone age, and it is just the very cinders that keep you alive that allows you to be able to continue on in the world.
0: Yeah. Wow, there's a lot what of the like, hell? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of uh I guess parallels to be drawn with like human souls and the fire metaphor with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also like the parallel of maybe humanity's been going on too long, you know? Yeah. We we keep taking this this beautiful planet, this nice blue ball out there in space just floating off into the distance. And we're just here uh not treating it so well.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like not to get like environmentalist or I mean, hell I'll be environmentalist. Uh, a tree. Go for yeah, it. We, like we're
1: all about it. We've got the, <laughs>
2: like just recently we had that whole story of that, like the ocean being on fire. Like it looked like a pit of hell.
1: That's how I knew the world was ending. Yeah. It's one of those <laughs> things where it's like
2: the world, the, oh, water's the world, flammable as now? long yeah, we yeah. really
1: fucked this place. As up. As long as, oh, as we is, continue
2: on the path that we are continuing on and we are choosing to go down this route of prolonging our Essentially, the age of humanity—the um, more corrupted the world is going to be. Yeah, uh, and it's just the sad <laughs> fact that we live in a meaningless world. The universe is going to continue on, despite whether humanity is here or not. It's whether or not a cycle will begin anew and a new age of a different life form. Whether well, maybe it's humanity, maybe it's aliens, maybe it's cats—I don't know. They have now taken over the world and become the main species. What humans are today, but. That's for another time. Uh.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, but for now, we're going to take a quick break to get our, <laughs> to existential get our bearings. Get down the road to wipe the tears from our eyes yet again uh Ooh. when we get back i think nick's gonna ramble for five real minutes. real quick though what? before
2: we go oh, i want to i want to give a shout out to a few to like one one youtuber in particular where if you really want to know like if this sounds like really intriguing and you really want to know more about this world and its lore uh a youtube channel known as vati video i believe it's v-a-a-t-i VIDYA, V I D Y A, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, tons and tons of incredibly well-produced videos that go very, very deep into the lore of not only Dark Souls but all the other souls-born games like Sekiro, Bloodborne and Demon Souls even. Um, James. tons and tons of content there that I have fallen asleep to many a night. Uh <laughs> <laughs> The, in a good way, in a good way. His voice is you very exactly soothing. Saw me on it. Yeah, his voice is incredibly soothing, and he goes very, very in depth on the different subjects throughout the games. Highly recommend it. Hey, quality yes. episode. Thank
1: you. On to the ads. <laughs> <laughs>
3: hey bryant
2: what do robin hood vlad the impaler and mothman have in common
3: idk what
2: well they're all topics on our podcast mystery where each week we discuss a new myth and the history behind it that's myth story with an ie see you then
1: Hey guys!
0: Hi, hi! Welcome back.
1: Hey, welcome back, everyone. Um, I was trying to come up with something clever to say uh, that Vlad the Impaler, Mothman, and whoever the third man was <laughs> has in common, but I couldn't remember who the third guy was. Do you? Uh,
0: the were, werewolf man? Moth- no,
1: no. It was well, who's the first one?
0: Moth? Can we replay
1: Vlad the Impaler let's play that ad one more time right. just that part though
2: let's listen up what do robin hood vlad the impaler and mothman have in common
1: ah damn it also right. none robin of hood. them none of them asked for consent as to what they were doing not robin hood not mothman mm. not vlad the impaler they just none did of it. them were advocates of consent and that's canon not nick cool. what are we talking about
0: That is not cool. Always ask for consent, you guys. Um. Yeah, it's very important. (laughs) Remember, we want enthusiastic yeses. Um, Okay, let's. You want to just get to the quick this because I don't know how to segue. Can we just set a timer or something? Or sure. Maybe just. Oh, you got somebody got a timer?
1: Yeah. I call this one. uh, Equip this.
0: Equip this. Ready? Yeah. Equip for me, Spider Man. Three, two. I
1: already did my quit. One. Okay. (laughs) All right, Nick. Go! I'm watch, Okay.
0: All right. <laughs> it's, it's a conversation that we've all had that much. I can tell you for certain. If it's, it's the kind, not,
1: then we're cutting you off immediately. Please do.
0: Um, it's the kind of talk that <laughs> starts like this, dude, you need to check out this so and so show. It's the best thing ever, whether that's here on the podcast or elsewhere in your life. It's a universal experience. We just love to tell others about things that we've experiencing and we find enjoying. Um, But just as misery loves company, happiness does the same. Happiness seeks other happiness. And it's after these conversations that that person you're talking to will either say, that's cool, and not check it out, or say, that's super cool, and then go entertain the thing immediately after. And it's those kind of moments that I think we've always been after. And beyond that, drilling down into why someone finds something amusing is where we can really find the core of someone's thoughts and feelings, a kind of getting to know you by proxy, if you will. So often, how often have you been introduced to a complete stranger only to find that they too share a common interest that you have? It's a pretty good feeling, right? It's. Are you doing a
1: quick this on our show?
0: No. Um, the world grows a little smaller. Yes, I am. And the distance between you and this person becomes a little closer, <laughs> figuratively and metaphorically. Often, it starts with an offhanded reference to a character in a show or a simple quote that is unreferenced but known between the two of you. It's within these conversations that you find a real bond with people and it's, we get to poke and prod about their favorite characters or their favorite story. And it's because of that is what really entertainment is all about. Yes, it's a great way to spend your leisure time, but it's also the parody of finding something that resonates with something intrinsic about us that resonates within somebody else's being too. That's why shows like Seinfeld are so endearing in the parts of a wide swath of the population. It's because we all have these shared experiences that reflect ones one of these characters on the show because that's happened to us as well. It's these shared experiences within our entertainment that bring people together and, in some small ways, makes the world a little less dramatic, a little less cutthroat, a little more understanding, a little more caring about our fellow human beings. It's idealistic and optimistic, sure, but just think of where we'd be without this podcast, without the quick this. Without asking each other to entertain this every week, without the conversations of why we think X T V show is best, it's a dark reality, don't you think? (laughs) And it really suck if we didn't have something to look forward to every week, because that's kind of what kept me going through the pandemic was talking to you guys. And I know that these conversations are shared experiences through entertainment, and that's something that wouldn't stop or it would continue even if our internet access was revoked or we were somehow banned from posting. So to wrap this up in some sort of bow, this quick, this is about our short little elevator pitches to one another every week. And it's on this podcast called Entertain This. You can call it a a meta this or a Nick's Narcissist Nook or Nick Ran of Ideas. So he's making an over-analytical meta dialogue. But whatever you want to call it, I just wanted to put pen to paper and make myself answer the why behind why I keep doing this week after week (laughs) because I couldn't answer the question offhand. So it's not for the money. It's not for the shame. It's simply a routine that I've stuck myself into. Or maybe it's just a chat about things that matter to us with people that matter to us and hopefully bring each other's, uh, you know, you listeners into the fold as well. You don't even have to agree with everything that we say or hot takes on things, but what does matter is that you're listening along with us as we figure things out and understand what makes, what it is that makes us talk about the things that we find so great because that's often where we get our best content is convincing one another and hopefully getting you to entertain this. I know I have a minute to fill and I'm not <laughs> going to fill
2: it. <laughs> do Hey, I've got, a, I've got a hot take. So okay. meta. Got a hot take.
1: Is Michael going to quit the show live? <laughs> yeah. Clickbait, not I clickbait? <laughs> no, actually
2: the opposite. I love both of you and you are both my friends. That's yeah. a hot take. <laughs>
1: I love you guys so much. Thanks for getting into this business with me. Aww. It's been a lot of fun.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nick, well, that was neat. Nice. That was really, that was very nice, Nick.
0: We didn't that need to write crazy, four minutes or so five minutes on that. We just needed to say that uh, we all love each other very much, and we're going to enter into a uh, monogamous relationship with one another, and it's not going to be gay. It's whatsoever.
1: And bring out the board. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> wipe it off and zero days since nick has said something uncomfortable on the show
2: it's a great way to end it uh
1: if you guys have something in the realm of entertainment or expression that you want to uh see us talk about on the show that's something that i've been kind of thinking on we often we we have a very loose definition of what entertainment is on Mm -hmm. this show literally anything can bring you entertainment um down to like the clothes that you wear by the way that you dress yourselves can also be entertainment to an extent. I think anything that is expression is also outwardly entertainment. Um, but if you have anything that you quantify as entertaining that you would like to see us talk about on the show, there are a couple of ways that you can get in touch with us. The first is just directly emailing us at entertainthispodcast at gmail.com. But if you don't want to do that, I don't blame you. Go to our website, scroll all the way to the bottom. There's a question that you can fill out. And that'll also send us an email, but you won't have to do half the work. We did that half for you already. You can also reach us out to us on our social medias. One of those includes our YouTube channel, where we're currently hosting a series called "You, Me, and Loki." Uh, we are looking over all things Loki and having weekly discussions on the episodes as they come out. The last episodes of next week. Uh, I'm pretty proud of the series. I do all the editing on it, and it's, uh, it's gruesome uh, and I pretty good. It's, it's, uh-huh. it's, 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 it's pretty good. It gets one of um, these gets one of those you can also find us on twitter we are entertain underscore this and on instagram our username is entertain this podcast you can follow us there we have a facebook page if you look up entertain this with three dots you'll know us from our logo it's right there um (laughs) and other than that it's also on his shirt so, <laughs> send us those suggestions. We might welcome you on the show to be a guest, but maybe we'll talk about it. Uh, as always, entertain us so we can entertain you, and you can entertain this. We'll see you all next Friday. Goodbye. Bye.
0: Bye. This episode of Entertain This was written by Michael Savoya, with additional commentary from Nick Mustakangas and Alex Steele. Our showrunner and resident fact checker is Chloe Price. Our theme music is Fresh by Aaron Spencer, with additional interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening.